Good afternoon, everybody. Eli Letterman, Eric Bailey with the Tulsa World Sports Podcast, talking everything OU athletics related. Eli, I'm trying to catch my breath. 24 hours ago, we were going through a whirlwind of football interviews where we were able to talk to 25, 26, excuse me, uh, newcomers, both mid-year enrollees and transfer portal guys. What, what a busy day. What a fun day. It was a it was a marathon. It was a whirlwind. It was a flood. Whatever you want to assign to it, you could because we had uh, we had everybody. We had fifty two minutes with Brent Venables. That took me back to the actually not really back to the fall. That brought me back to like the spring of twenty twenty two. Right when Brent Venables showed up, that was a uh, I'd call it a classic Brent Venables presser in terms <laughs> of length. In terms of length, of some of the answers. I think we could maybe we could fill uh, tomorrow's paper with just his answer on linebackers. So the depth that he went into on that about their depth at linebacker, but it was uh, great to be you know back in front of Brent Venables. But really the the treat and and I think we'll get into this, but unprecedented would probably be the the word to use for getting in mid February twenty six newcomers. I mean I guess that number in the past would have been viewed as unprecedented as well, but we know the era we're in. Uh, it was the 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 extent of the the what the fourteen mid year freshman enrollees, uh, and and then the twelve transfers, and so we really got a taste of all these new guys who are with the program. And I, I think you know Brent Venables, and I'll let you maybe explain how he explained it. But what stuck out to me most in explaining why OU did this was in the past, and 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 most programs across the country, these guys come in, and then they are on a roster of you know eighty five or so scholarship guys. That, you know, maybe 20, 30 more walk-ons. And then the next, the first time we might talk to, I'll just pick a name, Walter Rouse, the, the Stanford offensive tackle, might be after a terrible game in September. Yeah. And I think we felt that on our end of, of how we do our jobs, not loving that. You know, it, it's not a treat for us to, uh, despite what some people might think, to skewer uh, a college football player after a bad game. But sometimes it's what we have to do. And when you get opportunities like yesterday, to be in front of these kids, we get to know them, they get to know us. I think that that wider relationship is a whole lot healthier, and I was really glad we got the opportunity yesterday. You know, under Bob Stoops, we weren't able to talk to first-year players until they had played a game. So guys like Peyton Bowen, Jackson Arnold, uh, a lot of these guys, these freshmen, we wouldn't have talked to them until after their first game in September. Under Lincoln Riley, in the five seasons that he was at Oklahoma, we didn't get to talk to first-year freshmen. So we, Jackson Arnold, can you imagine – not talking to him. It's kind of like been like uh, Caleb Williams, how we never talked to him, even though he was the starting quarterback. Instead, <laughs> we had a chance to talk to Jackson Arnold. You spent a lot of time with him yesterday. Uh, I got to talk to Peyton Bowen. And these are players that uh, Brent Venables really have in, has entrusted to do media. Uh, you know, Brent Venables, we kind of, you know, the last question of his 15-minute press conference yesterday was, why did you do this? Which, again, so appreciative because it helps us do our job to tell the stories of these players. And that's what Brent Venable said. Everybody has a story. You know, utilize this platform, he said. You know, especially in the stage of the NIL, it allows these people to grasp who these kids' personalities are, uh, what, what they're like. You know, some of them are crazy. Some of them are goofy. Some of them are extremely serious. But we get to know them. And you're right. And it is part of the maturation process, Brent said. You know, you get to do media. You know, tell them, you know, let them know what to write. They, they're going to see you and, you know, they're going to write what they see. So get to know these reporters because we're, again, this, this OU media beat, there's a ton of us. There's a lot of us, you know, there was, what do you think about 40 people there yesterday? I'd, yeah, I'd say so. And, you know, I, I always try to think about this. I'm sure it was overwhelming to walk into for a lot of these, uh, especially the younger guys. Maybe this was their first time in something like this. So credit to all of them. You're exactly right. It, it's a, it's a big bunch. 
It, it really is. So they, they did well. You know, we had a lot of, we had two sessions, one with 20, one with six. And uh, it was great getting to know them. It was great getting to bounce around. You know, we'll get to know these players more once they hit spring spring football. So we'll go deeper into our conversations with some of them. A couple of house cleaning notes. Brent Venables did let us know when the uh, uh, spring, spring practices are going to start. He gave us the dates. The first day of spring day drills is March 22nd. Uh, so it's right after spring break. Uh, Pro Day will be March the 30th, which is a little later than years past. Usually it's the second week in March. This year it's going to be March 30th. And understanding Brent Venables and his system, he's going to make this a big deal, especially for the former players coming back. And then also he mentioned the spring game, April 22nd. He's pushing for tickets again. As in, we're, going to, we're going to get a lot of that. Uh, yeah, we got he had a- the promotional in there. That was pretty good. <laughs> he, he read it off like a, yeah. like a radio announcement. Like season yeah, tickets, of course, run through X date, whatever it was. Yeah, he, uh, he had that down. And the bar set high. You remember what happened last year with the sold-out stadium. So the bar set extremely high. So they're going to push to do that again this year. I'll just say like one more point, and and really I'm grateful to the to Brent Venables and the program for for choosing to do this. We hear so often, and and I I think probably more than some might think. You know, we we really do see the the players and the athletes and the coaches we cover as as people, and so often that's what coaches will tell you. They'll say these kids are you know sons and students and all that. But that's kind of where it ends with a lot of, I mean, that nationally, there's not a lot of programs doing what OU did yesterday. And I, I heard from people stunned that we talked to the, the, the five-star freshmen and all that. But we, we hear, you'll hear so often from a coach who might say, you know, these kids are kids and this and that. And then they don't give them the opportunity, those same kids they're talking about, to get their stories out there, to uh, to, to interact with media and all that. So again, I will I'll give credit to, to OU for putting it forward and and it really was a, you know, usually we'd be waiting until what, mid-March and the start of spring camp. So this was a head start for us to kind of get thinking about 2023. And another thing, too, is it's an opportunity in I.L. We talked about it. All these people, are, all these players are going to be selling themselves a little bit as we move forward. This is their opportunity to get out in front of that and let them know what kind of personality they are. And for Brent, it can be a recruiting tool. I mean, he can go in and say, hey, this is what we do at Oklahoma. We do this. You'll get to get your story out quick. Uh, if, if you join the program. So I think it'll be a recruiting tool in some ways for, for Coach Venables and the staff. Uh, yesterday, we did get to meet 26 newcomers. We also uh, talked to Brent, of course, for 50 minutes. That was a really long talk, and it was a great, it was a great breakup mid-February. Start one, with him. One person we didn't get was Emmett Jones. And uh, just yeah. what, what, did, what did Brent say about Emmett? Yeah, uh, I'm going to pull it up just so I kind of have the quotes in front of it. But it was our first opportunity since, since Emmett Jones, the new wide receivers coach, arrived from Texas Tech to, to ask Brent about it. Um, and, you know, Brent essentially, you know, he spoke about how they, they go way back. You know, I think probably to when I'm guessing when Brent was recruiting Texas while he was at Clemson or, or maybe even OU uh, back in the day to, to uh, Emma Jones's Texas high school days in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And I, I do think if you want to know what jumps out, we'll, we'll learn more about him as a coach. And Brent was really complimentary of, of kind of all the tools that Emma Jones brings, you know, spoke about. Uh, the quote here, he's going to give our receivers exactly what they need in regards to development in terms of relational and the fundamental development. Uh, you know, so he, he brings all that. But what Evan Jones also brings is a really strong recruiting footprint in Texas. And if you want to start projecting out about the SEC or really doesn't matter what conference OU is playing in, they need to have that presence in Texas. They've already got it. And we know that. But a guy like him, I think Emmett Jones, on top of what he brings as a coach, uh, will, will be the the connections he's got there. and and so. Brent Venable spoke very excitedly about him. Uh, and a little note uh, might have you know slipped through the cracks that the guy Emmett Jones replaced 
technically with Damian Washington, who served as the interim uh, wide receivers coach for the similar 2022 season. He'd gone to Western Kentucky after OU, and then yesterday uh, made a second move of the offseason. He's headed to South Florida. So we're keeping track of all these OU wide receivers coaches. Uh, but Emmett Jones, you know, uh, seems uh, seems like there's excitement there. I had I know I tweeted out a video of Brent talking about it, and I could go through the list of, of OU receivers retweeting, liking, who were excited to see their head coach talking about their new wide receivers coach. It's funny. Uh, tops, tops, tops. I know our buddy Ian Wall, <laughs> the Western Kentucky grad who goes on all the OU games, our photographer, probably not they happy. We're not happy right now. So Ian Mall, we're sorry. <laughs> we had a chance to talk again to a lot of the players, and I'll start with Peyton Bowen, and then we'll get to Jackson Arnold. I, I just wrote a story about Peyton. Uh, talked a little bit about his decision. I mean, of course, he had the eye, the ears of the college football world uh, on signing day when he flipped. Well, I don't even know flipped. A lot of people had him pegged for OU. Uh, he announced he was going to Oregon. Notre Dame was un understandably upset because they were in the, the the final three. And then we never saw anything official from Oregon. Two days later, of course, everyone knows the story. He decided to go to Oklahoma. Uh, Oregon's upset. So we had a chance to talk to him a little bit about it. And first of all, he said that he really feels like Oklahoma's home. He feels good, close to home, just an easy feeling, a lot of weight off his shoulders and picking Oklahoma. But interesting, uh, he did say, he did tell a couple of his reporters at the very end of his 45-minute session, there was just a couple of us over there talking to him. And he mentioned, I really should be at Oregon right now. And we were like, what do you mean? He said, well, I signed the letter of intent. I sent it to Oregon but I forgot to put the time. I put the hour, but not a.m. or p.m. And because he didn't do that, it wasn't an official letter of intent. Oregon came back, said, hey, you know, by the way, you missed this. We need this. He never sent a letter of intent back, meaning he still wasn't illegally bound to a school. So that's what opened the door for Oklahoma. Things happen for a reason. I know Oregon fans are upset right now, and understandably so. Uh, uh, you know, Notre Dame fans are probably never, never happy with everything that's happened. And Oklahoma fans, they're probably excited to have a five-star defensive back in the mix, uh, someone that really could be a, a game changer as a true freshman. So uh, it was really interesting talking to Peyton Bowen and just hearing his thoughts and how much he's really enjoying uh, what it, the process at Oklahoma. He even mentioned, we asked him about Jerry Schmidt and he was like who who he didn't know Jerry Smith's first name was Jerry he just knew him as coach Smitty. <laughs> he's like oh Jerry Smith Smitty yeah so and he said that, that that's a challenge but he he also mentioned that Denton Geyer had some challenges too so uh, it, it Denton Geyer really prepared him for where it's at so uh big time get for the Sooners and uh, also again uh you're just lucky if you're an Oklahoma fan he didn't hit, hit a.m or p.m that's gonna be I mean if if Peyton Bowen's career goes in any way toward the trajectory that a lot of people are projecting. That little detail is going to be part of that origin story forever. <laughs> and and that and the, the whole story, all that is going to follow him no matter where he goes. But Eric, is, is, now that you got to be in front of the kid, we've, we've talked about him for so long and about the saga of him getting to OU, all the potential. Just being in front of him yesterday, beyond that story, what struck you about, about Peyton Bowen? He's excited about the opportunity to be a playmaker at the next level. Uh, one thing that we were able to ask him about was some of the big plays he made in high school. And his eyes lit up. Uh, we asked him, well, what was your favorite catch? Or no, I, I mentioned Jackson Arnold talked about a 10-yard curl that you ran, and then he turned around and took it 80 more yards to the house. What do you remember about that play? His eyes lit up, and he talked about making play, making guys miss. He remembered vividly the play. Uh, Ryan Aber, the Oklahoma, asked him about another play. He vividly remembered a 99-yard interception return. 
it's a it's a young man who really really is looking forward to being a playmaker he really wants the ball in his hands and I remember Billy Bowman we talked to him last year before the season uh last uh spring and Billy Bowman mentioned that you know he wanted the ball in his hands and in, in you know in in special teams opportunities I think there's no doubt Peyton Bowen's the same way. He wants the ball in his hands and somehow. And I think that hunger, uh, that drive to be a playmaker, that's what impressed me the most. You know it going in just by the style of play he is, but I think just to hear him, uh, just kind of it kind of verifies your thoughts that this guy really wants to come in and, and, and from day one be a key playmaker. I'll be curious. I'd love to ask, well, I'd love to ask Ted Roof a lot of questions, but I'm very curious uh, about, you know, Peyton Bowen has been, linked with uh, Billy Bowman. I mean, the names are similar, I guess, but in terms of their style, I think in terms of the fact that like Billy Bowman, people think Peyton Bowen could have a year one role in this secondary, but I, I wonder how closely this staff sees those two guys in terms of the, the profile, if, if, if they were to make that comparison. But I, I do think that comparison is going to follow Peyton Bowen at least until we see him on the field. Uh, but, you know, Peyton Bowen is on top of whatever he's going to bring to the defense, is filling a pretty dang critical role in being Jackson Arnold's roommate. And I know that sounds funny, and I, I, I do want to get to the bottom. Given Peyton Bowen's late flip to OU, I got to imagine that he bumped somebody else from rooming with Jackson Arnold. Obviously, they're uh, uh, Denton Geyer teammates, won a lot there together, uh, became five-star, you know, nationally uh, sought-after recruits together at Denton Geyer, and now they're at OU together. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know about the roommate situation, but they are living together. And, and, you know, speaking to Jackson Arnold yesterday, the guy Brent Venables has talked about as a foundational player for the future. We know all the expectations are there. He's had a really smooth first, you know, month plus on campus. And he credited at least part of that to having Peyton Bowen there, whether it's in the classroom or on the football field or in the film room. He knows when he comes home, when he comes home at the end of the day, there's a familiar face there and someone to bounce things off of. And he spoke about that. And and having been down at Denton Geyer myself and spending time with, with Jackson in December, he's kind of a, I mean, he's very, he was a, a good student at Denton Geyer. Um, he likes to spend time in it, at home. He, he was a big movie guy, a bit of a gamer. So you got to imagine having someone like Peyton Bowen uh, at, at, at home when he gets back to the dorm at the end of the day, that's helping. And it's, it's helped a smooth transition for him, as have, I think, Jeff Levy, as has Dylan Gabriel. Uh, by all accounts, I mean, Brent Venable spoke so highly of Jackson yesterday, and Jackson himself seemed very comfortable in that seat, in 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 how these first few weeks have gone, and, and that's got to be music to your ears if you're an OU fan, is hearing that the quote-unquote quarterback of the future is, is off to a good start. No doubt, no doubt, and I think that's funny you mentioned that because Jackson Arnold did mention I, what's it like? I asked him what's it like having Peyton Bowen as a, as a roommate, a gamer. He said guys on the video games all the time, FIFA, uh, football, everything. He's just yep. doing that. And and I asked Peyton about it. Peyton said, I said, can can Jackson beat you? Peyton said, no, no way. So these two, they've known each other for and a while. I, I do know Jackson's a competitive gamer. He's like a, he's a <laughs> desk slammer by his own admission. So I, I'm sure there's some intense battles going on there. Can you imagine the, the screaming in that room when they're playing each other? It, it, it's nuts. So, uh, but it, it, it's just impressive. It really is the way those two, both of them, you think about playmakers, both offensively and defensively. Uh, it was neat getting to spend some time with Jackson. I asked him too. I, I had a story. I want a little story. Just asked him. You know, did you talk to the Heisman Trophy? We need the Heisman Trophy winners when you're coming to school here. And he talked to Baker Mayfield during spring ball last year when Baker was here for a statue. And uh, I said, "Well, did you watch him a lot growing up?" And and uh, Jackson said, 
Jackson said, I saw him in the Rose Bowl in 2017, but I was a big Georgia fan. So I, I like the right. way that is. He said, now that I'm at Oklahoma, I'm, I wish OU won that game. But at the time, he was rooting against Baker Mayfield. And now he's, right. in a big, yep. he's in the big legacy of uh, of uh, OU quarterbacks now. He's, he's in a, stri- a, a nice fraternity. So we'll see what his, what his future holds. Um, everybody we talked to, anyone else stand out? Anyone else you enjoy talking I'm trying to? Trying to think, let's think through the fr- let's uh, let's start if we can, or go from freshman to the transfers. Of the freshmen, was there anyone else? I know you'd spent a lot of time with Caden Green and, and PJ Adebowale before they got on campus. Was there anyone you were you especially enjoyed speaking with of, of the the freshman newcomers yesterday? That's a good question. You know, I, I kind of bounced around a little bit. I didn't get to talk to a lot of freshmen, though. That's the crazy thing. I I went and did I've say PJ. I did talk to Caden Green a little bit too. Kind of caught up with them a little bit with where they're at. Uh, mainly spent a lot of time with Jackson and Peyton Bowen, though. I wanted to make sure we got those in. There was just so many, and there's just two of us. It was hard to get everyone. Yeah. Uh, well, I spent more time with I, transfers than freshmen. So here's a freshman, and then we'll get to the transfers after that. Is is Eric McCarty? Um, <laughs> From the Tulsa area, and obviously had a, a fantastic career, um, and and then it ended with a knee injury, torn ACL. That you know, I talked to him about. It. He said, "Man, that was not part of the plan because he really, you know, he he was recruited as a quote unquote athlete. He's going to play defensive back at OU, but this was the dream, like all of it, um, was to be coming to OU and and all of that. And so for for at least the start of it to be derailed by an ACL tear was was really disappointing for him." Um, but the plan always was to be an early enrollee. And so now rather than getting started early on the field, uh, it's getting his rehab done, you know, with presumably some of the finest, you know, medical staff you can get in the state and all of that, uh, all that comes with it. But uh, he's really motivated. I chatted with him just about, you know, he hates the fact that right now he really can't do anything below the waist in terms of on-field drills, but he's doing everything in the gym, upper body, and really trying to absorb as much as he can. So that when the time comes, I think it's going to be July, August, that he can really go full go. So he's going to miss spring camp. Uh, he's really excited to be ready. And, and from a local standpoint, from kind of this, you know, the, the way his career is starting, I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch because he, he he's clearly thoughtful, clearly had a lot um, to, to think about. And I'm sure time away from football has given him a lot to think about. But he's, uh, he's going to be one to watch. And, and I think uh, a, a guy fans will like once he does get out there. Going to the transfer portals, uh, it was neat talking to a lot of these guys, Trace Ford. I mean, a lot of these guys, we, we've seen their careers. Uh, Trace Ford, a big one. Kelly Hines wrote about Trace. And, uh, you know, Walter Rouse, I know you spent some time with him. Really interesting story out of Stanford. Fascinating. Uh, just, uh, amazing. Fascinating. It's going to be fun. to. And that's the thing about this day is it allows us to get to know these guys even more and deeper. And it, it's really exciting. We get to tell their stories. One player that I talked to, and it was kind of on a whim, it, he was one of the second session guys, and he was sitting by himself. So I thought I'll just go introduce myself. It was Caleb Schaefer, um, offensive lineman out of Miami of Ohio. Uh, and oh, I spent 10 minutes with him, and he was just a fascinating, fascinating interview. Uh, I didn't know much about him at all when I went over there, but he he, he is excited about being under Bill Beatonbow and being with this program. He, he's a he's a, f- a former starter at Miami of Ohio, uh, hit the transfer portal and was just ecstatic when OU called. He really didn't have a lot of offers. Uh, after Miami, Ohio, when OU called, he he just attacked it. He said, you know, a young man out of Indianapolis, he said that he remembers OU Texas battles when he was growing up in Indy. I mean, it's not often. I think that's that was his big game. You know, the big game up there at Michigan, Ohio State, right there in the middle of Indianapolis. He was big, excited. Uh, big Ten country, yeah. Yeah, Big Ten country. He was excited about OU Texas. So when they called, there was a, it was almost a no-doubter that he was going to come to Norman and join this program. And we got to talk a little bit about just his 
what he wants out of this one year. And he's excited about being a mentor. He said he wants to play. Of course, they all want to play. But it's also helping these young young players develop and grow. He really feels, feels that that's his role as a, as a, as a fifth-year senior is to really help this team grow. And uh, what impressed me, too, is we talked about mental health. He's the one that brought up mental health. And he said the importance of that at this at this age. And he said he's dealt with a couple issues with mental health during his college career. And he said last year was the first time he realized it's okay for him to cry. He said, we play in a tough sport, but there's times when it just you just need to let loose. And he wants to be there to allow his teammates to know that, you know, it's okay to not be okay. He's excited about the soul mission and everything over there. I mean, he, he really, the holistic approach that Brent Venables and his staff take, he, he's really accepting of that. He wants to be a part of it. He's already talking about it after he graduates about doing some stuff. I mean, he's so excited about that. So it's just a fascinating fascinating young man and that's the thing if, if it wasn't for a media day yesterday I would have never known anything he would have just been a name and a position on a piece of paper but I got to know this young man outside of that and, and just spending one-on-one -on -one time talking to him it, it was great and it really made my day talking to him it was it really was I mean a treat to, as we've said it several times here now just on on getting the opportunity to be in front of guys and to learn things like that uh, this will land in a story somewhere at some point I'm certain of it I found out that Walter Rouse, who we can talk more about the Stanford transfer, spent time doing like a, a, a blacksmithing independent study at Stanford. <laughs> Never would we have found that out without that opportunity. He was one of the guys I really enjoyed chatting with yesterday. I mean, Austin Stogner, obviously coming back to Norman. Uh, it was funny. He, we asked him, you know, who was the first call you made when you knew you wanted to come back here? Who did you call? It wasn't from Venables. Wasn't tight ends coach Joe John Finley. He called Tanner Schaefer, <laughs> who is a former OU quarterback, who uh, I guess they lived together in school. And he's the guy he called and said, hey, like, can can you let them know I want to come back and see if they'll have me? <laughs> and he said it would have been pretty awkward if they'd said no. But uh, obviously he's here now. He's really excited, I think, to spend that last year here. And he's an important guy. Um, they needed to replace Braden Willis. And obviously we, we saw how, how much the Sooners used the tight end spot last year so having an experienced guy in him is, is big and obviously there's his return Rondell Bothroyd uh the, the Wake Forest there's all these new defensive linemen but you know you do see this is no knock on any of the freshmen but the difference in speaking with you know an 18 17 18 year old is a few weeks into being on campus and, and really the mindset of a guy like Rondell Bothroyd who's, who's one of the few on in the transfer class who's here for one year and who's really here it's it's, it's mutualistic he's here because he thinks he can help and also because he thinks, oh, you can help him boost, you know, his prospects for the next level. I think Walter Rouse is in the same place. You know, he talked about, you know, he, the, the degree from Stanford is really important to him. And getting that degree. And he's actually, he's spoken a lot with Pat Fields uh, before coming to OU. But that, that, that degree is important to him. He hasn't gotten it yet, but he's a, a bio, biomechanical engineer is what he's going <laughs> for. But, but that is dream right now. He's got this window of opportunity. His current dream is the NFL. And so he is here for a year um, to play a really important role for the Sooners. I think he'll slide in as your, your opening day left tackle. But it, it really is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys, and, and this should excite OU fans, who are maybe just going to be here for a year, but they're highly motivated both personally and I think to, to really make an impact uh, in, in the fall. But Walter Rouse was, was probably the guy I enjoyed speaking with the most. Uh, just really thoughtful. He, he clearly, you know, if you think back on his story, uh, entered the portal, had Iowa, Oklahoma, and Nebraska in his final three, and he committed to Nebraska, and then four days later flipped on it. And, you know, we're talking about Peyton Bowler and how Oregon fans feel about him. Nebraska fans have similar feelings about Walter Rouse. And as a more, you know, a guy who's several years in, obviously 
a uh, pretty intelligent dude coming from Stan- Stanford. He was really thoughtful in in explaining why he made the decision he made. He said, you know, he doesn't have any regrets now uh, other than the fact that he committed too fast. Um, he went to Nebraska, kind of got swept up on the visit. I think it even surprised him. And after he committed, he said, you know, he kind of just locked himself in his room and he was asking himself, did I make the right call? Did I make the right call? And he just knew that he couldn't go to Lincoln knowing half his heart was somewhere else. Uh, so that, that's how he sort of, you know, he, he really spent a lot of time explaining the decision and then just learning about the guy and, what, you know, what he'd like to do in his life uh, was, was really fascinating. But right now his goal is it, it's on football and it's to see just where this can go. This because of the window of opportunity uh, and, and maybe, you know, all the other stuff he'd like to do, I think, will be there after football. I've got no doubt about that. One more player I got to talk to and spend a little bit of time with was Reggie Pearson, uh, the Texas Tech transfer who made the big hit on Dylan Gabriel in overtime and took Dylan Gabriel out of the game. And of course, he said those two have talked about that hit (laughs) and they kind of joked about it. Why do you have to hit me so hard? Uh, uh, The quarterback kind of asked Pearson, but Pearson is so excited about his opportunity at OU. Uh, He was a guy who was uh, recruited by Matt Wells. He transferred from Wisconsin and didn't have a lot of offers when he left Wisconsin. And Texas Tech, uh, former head coach Matt Wells, uh, offered him a scholarship at Texas Tech and so thankful that for that chance. Uh, He went to Tech, uh, spent a couple years, and now he's coming to OU. And Matt Wells did play a little bit of a role in him coming to OU as well. Matt Wells, of course, is an offensive analyst. So uh, really excited about talking to him, and he's excited about the opportunity in front of me. Uh, You know, from his time at at, at, uh, Wisconsin, I asked him about Jay Valai. I said, have you guys talked about Wisconsin? He laughed because they're both Wisconsin, former Wisconsin football players. Mm -hmm. So they, of course, they have something in common there as well. So, uh, and, and it goes back to what me and you both just said. I mean, you get to know these guys and just talk to them and laugh and joke. And uh, it, it's a lot different from when COVID hit and we were doing Zoom calls with everybody. This yeah, is not compared to that. So uh, coming up in the future, you know, Eli and I have, we already have a, some vignettes up now. And we're going to have a lot, a lot of copy between now and the start of spring camp on, on OU football. Uh, before we head out, let's uh, hit on basketball a little bit. Sooners yeah, big week for you men's hoops. Sooners go down to Texas, uh, coming off a you know a nice win over Kansas State. Uh, it's do or die time. It's probably been do or die time for a couple of weeks, but definitely do or die time now. Uh, you got a chance to talk to Porter. Just uh, what were his thoughts going into the weekend? Yeah, I mean that that win Tuesday night over Kansas State. May, maybe it'll prove too little, too late. But like that really was to me, it was it. Like they needed that win, and they took advantage of a Kansas State team that clearly is supremely talented but has lost a little bit of steam maybe it's the right time of year to lose steam you pick it back up next month but uh, they needed that win in order to basically put themselves in the conversation to maybe be in the conversation Uh, because you know the Sooners in one column have really struggled in 2023 and in the Big 12 we've talked about it so much they last had back-to-back wins in mid-December so that that's one part of this the other part is they have as many quad one wins right now as Houston, UCLA, Virginia, Marquette. That's four teams in the top 11 in the AP top 25. And over their next five games, there's there are on the table four more quad win, quad one wins there. Texas Tech would still be a good win. Uh, and and then there's the Big 12 tournament. So on, you kind of got both sides on it. There's column A, there's column B. Um, the opportunity is there. They might go to Texas this weekend and, and fall back to their old ways. And, and we'll be talking about, you know, this really feeling like it's done. But 
as they go to Austin, they're going to that shiny new Moody Center that uh, I asked Porter Moser about this morning. Uh, the opportunity is still there, and, and that's how they're operating. It's obviously how they have to operate, um, but there's a, there's a flicker of hope, and I don't know that that would have been there if they'd lost to Kansas State. The OU women on the flip side tie for first with Texas in the Big 12 women's standings. Um, they have a game against Kansas up in Allen Fieldhouse on Sunday, and then they get a week off basically to, to prepare for Texas. And, and that's going to be the how about do or die games. I think that's the do or die game in this race to the regular season title. Sooners in Texas a week from Saturday. Uh, Jenny Mo or Jenny Mosier, there you go. Branch. It's been a long week, Eric. Yeah, it's been a long week. <laughs> Jenny Branchek's team really looked good. I was able to watch the OU Texas Tech game. Sooners just routed the Lady Raiders. Looked good. Uh, Aubrey Jones had a huge game, and you know Taylor Taylor Robertson only took three shots, but that was okay. They didn't need her to to shoot a lot of threes. Twenty seven assists on thirty four made baskets. This is just a fun team. They share the basketball so well. Uh, so they got a big stretch. Uh, we're going to get to talk to Jenny a little bit later this afternoon. They have four more regular season games, and then they get ready for the Big 12 tournament. So uh, big time, big time for the Sooners. I mean, this is this is an exciting time. It's been a while since they've been in a championship a championship race like this. So uh, I know Oklahoma fans they can really try to embrace that. Oh, you baseball. You, I mean, we're right out, man. Come on, you're keeping me. I, I got to get to the ballpark. Yeah. Pitch in a little bit. Uh, here we go. It's, it's another year. First game since uh, Omaha today. First time they played since Omaha. So, uh, Skip and everyone, there's a lot to be excited to about this turn. Uh, this team, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of new faces. It feels like we're talking about OU football, but it's baseball. A lot of new faces. Uh, what jumps out to me opening weekend, I, you know, they host Cal Baptist and it's February baseball. You know, what happens today, I mean, if, if you want evidence of, of what happens today won't hold major bearing, it's that OU, you know, really only turned it on in, in April, May, and June last year. So it's early. But they this weekend, there are three starters, Cale Davis, Will Karsten, and Braxton Duthit. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna work on that last name, Eric. <laughs> it's you who struggles with them, but there's a lot of vowels in this one. Braxton Duthit, uh, all transfers, all guys who have not, pitched a single inning for the Sooners. So they're riding with a lot of new looks there. And we know how, you know, how reliable some of the big names on the team became for them last year. 11 guys taken in the MLB draft. They have a lot to replace. And, and so we'll get our first look today. A lot of guys to be excited about. Uh, Kale Davis, the ex-Cowboy, starting game one. I mean, you couldn't script it better. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to get out to the ballpark and see what they've got in 2023. It's amazing the experience they're going to deal on, or they're going to rely on a lot of sophomores to kind of carry this team going forward, especially after the experience they had last year. Uh, OU softball five and zero. They're playing right now against Longwood. They are up. It's funny I got the game on the computer right now. They are now up four to nothing in the bottom of the third. Uh, coming off a five and zero weekend to last weekend, uh, uh, you know what? A lot of run rules. I mean, they had two run rules out of five. They had a struggle and needed extra innings to beat Liberty, but. Uh, Patty Gasso, we had a chance to talk to her this week. They were there was a lot to work on, she said, but she was excited that they found ways to win games. They beat Washington, a really good Washington team, despite having eight walks and a hit batsman and and uh, a couple errors. They found a way to beat Washington, and I think if you're playing at your worst, you can beat a good team like that. You feel good about where you're at. Uh, the key now is just seeing if the bats can come alive and if Jordy Ball can, who had uncharacteristically had six walks against uh in her late game um she has, I can't remember who they were playing now gosh I'm trying to think I got too many teams in my head but she had a six she threw six walks 
And uh, I think that's just so uncharacteristic of her. She has seven strikeouts today. It's night and day compared to last weekend. She's really back to, to her form. So it's early. We'll see what happens. But still number one, uh, still number one till they get knocked off. So we'll see how they go forward. Well, Eric, it's a pretty jam-packed episode, the OU Sports Extra podcast. At the end of a jam-packed week. It is. And you know what? We're going to have just as much to talk about next week. Why don't you, why don't you wrap us up? I always wrap us up, Eli. You I'll wrap, wrap us, up. us up. Well, where can you find us? You can find us, what, Tulsaworld.com, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your, your podcasts. You can read all of our stuff at, at the Tulsa World and OU Sports Extra. We had tons from yesterday. We'll have more to come. We'll have hoops. We'll have baseball. We'll have softball. We had some help from our colleague Kelly Hines yesterday, help from an old friend and John Shin. Uh, there's a lot to read about at the Tulsa World. We're going to cover it here on this podcast. There's stuff to read online. We've got you covered. We're going to keep having you covered all the way through the spring. And Eric, I think that'll do it for us this week. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us.